Could Tennessee wide receiver Cedric Tillman be one of the biggest risers during the NFL draft? All that and more in this episode of the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast. You are Locked On Dynasty Football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Marcus Mosher and Kate Madjuke. Welcome back to the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We'd like to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. I am your host, Marcus Mosher. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosher. Joining me today, as always, is Kate Magic. Follow her on Twitter at Kate Magic. Kate, we are talking about one of the most polarizing receivers in the draft, Cedric Tillman. What did you think? Marcus, I feel like we say that about every wide receiver. Is there any wide receiver in this class that isn't polarizing, by the way? Because um, I think everybody kind of likes Zay Flowers. Everybody kind of likes Zay Flowers, which ironically is the one guy that I haven't been overly high on. So, uh, so no, no. I'm going I'm to go ahead and say there are no unpolarizing wide receivers here in this class. But, uh, yeah, let's talk about Cedric Tillman. 6'3", 215 pounds, coming out of Tennessee. Um, a really interesting prospect, right? So he's a fifth-year senior Um managed an ankle injury through his final yep. season, finished his career, uh, his final year of his, his collegiate career with 37 catches, 417 receiving yards, three touchdowns, but had a really solid 2021 season. It was kind of a late breakout. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's, let's uh, clear the elephant in the room. We talk about how small this receiving class is. He's got the size, right? Like, he got the size that we want uh, and 6'3", 215 pounds that 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 feels good for us. Right. Um, previous hand measurements, almost 10 inches. We like that. We mm-hmm. like big hands. Um, and I have to say that kind of feels on point with what you saw on tape uh, when he was fully healthy. Great hands. I love his ability to play outside. Um, that's where he's going to project in the NFL. He's, he's a good ball tracker. I think he's got enough strength and, and he plays with physicality, uh, in the 2021 season was a contested catch monster. He was fantastic. Um, and those are all the good things about him. Tell me, tell me your thoughts. I want to hear. All right. I'll start off being positive. His, the end of the 2021 season for him was phenomenal. I'm going to read you his final six games against Alabama, seven for 152 and a touchdown against Kentucky, six for 79 and a touchdown against Georgia, 10 for 200 in a touchdown South Alabama, five for hundred and a touchdown Vanderbilt six for one Oh six and two touchdowns Purdue seven for one fifty and three touchdowns. Like, Posted monster, monster numbers. And I still don't get it. I I, I just don't see it, Kate. I, I've I've seen these guys before, these kind of height, weight, speed guys. I think he's going to run like in the high four fours. Um, he's just not a separator. Everything feels contested. It seems like it takes him a long time to throttle down to come back to the quarterback. What am I missing here? Because I, the dynasty community obviously likes him quite a bit. We'll talk about his value, but I, I I just don't see it. There's a kind of a wide, I had a wide range of feelings for him, right? I actually liked him 
Uh, I enjoyed watching him more than I did combing through his statistical profile. Um, You know, when I'm doing player evals, it's kind of a two-step process. I'll watch the tape. I'll take a look at the stats, what matches for me, what doesn't match. And I mean, what matches for me is his ability at the catch point, right? Like 2021 was a contested catch machine. That was fantastic. But where he struggles yards after the catch, like uh, doesn't really make a lot of plays after the catch because again, so many, so many catches are contested, right? Uh, What does that stem from? Uh, Probably, you know, not, not great separation. He's, he has to rely on his strength and physicality a lot. And that was in college. So is he going to be able to win out against these DBs at the NFL level who have much more speed and are probably going to be able to play him uh, even more closely? Like he's going to have to translate everything that he did in college perfectly to the NFL. And we don't see that happen a lot. Um, You know, 5.0 yards after the catch per reception in 2021, his best collegiate season that ranked 128th among 200 qualifying wide receivers of 50 plus targets, Uh, 55 uh, ranked 55th in yards per route run in that same cohort. Um, Not, not those metrics that you really like to see with those, those receivers had, uh, like I mentioned, a late breakout in the 2021 season as a uh, as a senior. I, yeah. mm. All like, right. So, did, when you watched him, did you have any like comps that came to mind? No, I feel like I didn't have any. Uh, I've got player that I grasped. Yeah, I got some. Me. These aren't great, so just prepare yourself. <laughs> uh, Reminded me a lot of Brian Edwards coming out of South Carolina, kind of that 6'3", 210-pound guy, that physical but not really a separator. I actually think Brian Edwards was a better route runner coming out of South Carolina, but I could see that. Um, Brandon LaFell, who played for the Panthers and the Patriots a little bit, I could see that. I kind of feel like in the right situation, maybe he could be like what Mac Hollins was for the Raiders this year as like a number two receiver that blocks and can get some red zone targets. Yeah. I think this is going to be a player that's probably going to see a lot of volatility, right? He's um, he feels like the guy that you are going to use in these contested catch situations. But like the thing is, it's kind of like, like touchdowns, right? I don't want to, uh, you know, rely on looking at just a a metric of touchdowns because those can be such a volatile metric contested catches. I I don't want to rely on contested catches. I want to rely on what comes in between the contested catches. Something that's a little bit more stable, right? Yes. Have that stability because uh, again, no idea how that's going to, to translate. I do think Marcus, like to give him a little bit more credit than I think you did. I liked the way he moved, uh, you know, like when he's coming back to the quarterback and we saw him do that a lot, the start stop ability. Um, that was, I think better than I projected or better than I expected maybe for a player of his size and weight. Um, but it, again, it felt like I saw him do kind of the same routes, run the same routes over and over again. He would, um, you know, sometimes be able to to sell a guy, you know, pretend he's he's running a vertical route, 
come back to the quarterback. I was generally impressed with his ability to start, stop, uh, and then come back to the ball when his quarterback needed him to. But again, it felt like we just kind of saw the same things over and over again, and there wasn't a lot of diversity. So is he a one-trick pony? Uh, kind of, kind of. Um, all right. So usually we talk about potential landing spots and then his dynasty value. We're going to switch things up a little bit because <laughs> he's a he's a polarizing prospect. We're going to dive into that. And just, he could go anywhere, Marcus. He could go he could, anywhere. And that's that's what we're going to get to uh, next. This episode is brought to you by Built Bar. If you're looking for a delicious treat but you don't want all the fat and calories and you've got to try a built bar. We just got through the holidays, got through Valentine's day. We know summer right around the corner. So you want to try to get in, uh, you know, pool weather shape. Built bar is going to help you get there, right? Only 130 calories, only four grams of sugar, 17 grams of protein. And you, you guys know all that. The best part about the built bars are they taste absolutely fantastic. It's honestly like eating a candy bar, but it's healthy for you. They're covered in 100% real chocolate. They've got so many unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, coconut almond. My current favorite is the cookie dough bar. Uh, please don't steal all of them. Uh, not sure how Bill does it, but they made a protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. But here's the best news. Usually, or before, you had to go to Bill.com to order your, your protein bars, and you still can. They've got a fantastic inventory over there. But now you can just go to your local Walmart and go to the pharmacy section and you can pick up a four box, uh, four bar box of the cookies and cream or the double chocolate or the coconut puffs. Or if you live near a Sam's Club like I do, go check out the 13 bar box with some of the hit flavors like brownie batter and churro. You can thank us later. And of course, you can always go to built.com uh, to see all the latest and the best flavors over there. All right, Kate. So I wanted to talk to you a little bit about his current value. And before we get to Cedric Tillman's dynasty value, I want to tell you about some of the rankings. So there are some big media types that typically have a pretty good idea of where these guys are going to go, and the rankings reflect that. For example, Lance Zerline at NFL.com has Cedric Tillman ranked as wide receiver four in this class. Mel Kiper Jr. has Wait, him ranked. Uh, is that ahead of is, is that ahead of his teammate? No, Jalen Hyatt's yeah. one according to Lance Erline and Cedric Tillman's. Wow, four. yeah, look Tennessee man. Okay, yeah. <laughs> uh, Mel Kiper Jr. has Cedric Tillman at eight, ahead of guys like Keyshawn Booty, uh, At Perry, Rashi Rice, Tank Dell. I've even seen some other big name people have him ranked inside their top five. I don't see that, but I've also, again, I've also seen other people have Tillman outside their top 15 receivers. So without talking about dynasty value yet, where do you rank him among the rest of the receivers in this class? Uh, I, I'm certainly on the lower end, I think. Um, right now, I. He's probably right around wide receiver 10, 11 for me. I I 100% Um, agree. There's just – so, again, this is the weirdest wide receiver class ever. Like, I'm going to be literally splitting hairs when it comes down to this. And, you know, I think we're going to have a really good idea, um, like you said, especially uh, in terms of measurements, what 
what we're going to get from these players, um, that might tweak my rankings a little bit, uh, depending on what kind like, uh, you know, tank Dell, if he, if he comes in measures well and actually does some drills at the combine, he's going to be creeping up my draft board. Right. Um, Cause I do think from a skills perspective, he's one of my favorite receivers in this class, but doesn't that, like, there are so many different variables here um, that Cedric Tillman's this guy that doesn't really stand out on, on either end for me. Um, I, I agree. I agree. I, He's I don't not, know. On Dynasty League Football, let's talk about his fantasy value. He's being ranked as wide receiver nine uh, behind players like Jalen Hyatt, Josh Downs, Keyshawn Booty, Rashi Rice. Does that feel right to you? Yeah, that feels – yeah. I think yeah, that's I, the range, right? Yeah, I I think that feels – right around right and like some of the names after Cedric Tillman here Marvin Mims Xavier Hutchinson Tyler Scott Parker Washington Rasheem Rakeem Jarrett like those are all players that I'd kind of put in that same tier right like I agree it feels like the appropriate tier for Cedric Tillman um where you know the out the range of outcomes could be significant um yeah, I I like him. I again, I liked his tape a lot better than I liked his stats. And I'm like a big stats person. I really yep. like to see, um, you know, I write my notes uh, as I as I watch these players. What do I like about their game? What don't I like about their game? And then I want to see if the stats uh, back up my notes. And that's just kind of my process. And he's a guy where the stats didn't really reflect uh, a lot. You know, some of the things that I saw. Uh, and the things that I did end up liking about him, but the stats definitely backed up the things that I didn't like about him, which yeah. is even scarier. Yeah. Um, let's talk about his current dynasty value overall, you know, ranking him among the other receivers in this class, uh, or sorry, it, it, just in the league right now. Um, I'm going to name a couple of players. You tell me higher or lower, uh, Alan Lazard or Cedric Tillman. Yeah. Um, Ugh. Ugh. Uh, 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 Marcus, I don't I'll know. I'll take Lazard. Um, yeah, Alan Lazard, free agent this year, correct? Yes. Uh, it'll come down to, I think, landing spot for me with Lazard. Um, so that's still a toss-up for me. But at point, point face value right here, right now, I'll take Lazard. Okay. Zay Jones. Marcus, these are hard ones. <laughs> these are very hard yeah. ones. As you can tell, we don't coordinate these before. Um, I'll probably take Tillman. Mm, okay. Uh, John Mechie. Oof. Marcus, dang. I'll take Mechie. Um, but TBD, like I, yeah, I like Mechie so. better as a prospect. But again, from a health perspective, no idea what that, that range of outcomes is. But I do think that uh, if he comes back uh, to the league and is able to return to his uh, pre-draft form, then I'll roll with Mechie. Okay, a couple more. Uh, Michael Thomas. Oh, dang. Marcus, you are so, like, you are beating me with a baseball bat right now. Um, I'll take Tillman. 
And that's somebody who's been, I've been very patient with Michael Thomas, very patient. Um, but at that point, like I, I'll, I just don't see uh, what situation Michael Thomas could land in this yeah. year that would make him worthwhile enough not to take the shot on the young rookie with a whole future ahead. Uh, Allen Robinson. Marcus. <laughs> <laughs> These are like, so gross. I don't. Um. I guess I'll 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 take Allen Robinson. We're, we're, we're in that hairs. we're it's, in that really weird spot of rankings for the receivers, like outside of the top sixty. And there's some guys that have not played yet, or some guys that have been wide receiver ones yet. They're just clearly declining. It's just a weird spot to rank Cedric Tillman. And I do feel like landing spot is going to be what kind of decides where he goes with his value. Yeah, it, it's going to be a very interesting, uh, interesting prospect here for, again, all of these receivers. I, you know, I, I can't wait until we have some of this combine data and we can really start to yes. like nail down our rankings because this year feels like more than any year uh, since I've been in the industry where combine measurements are going to matter more, uh, especially for this wide receiver yeah. position than any other year that I can remember. All right. Let's talk about some potential landing spots and where he might end up in the NFL draft next. All right, Kate, we are talking about Cedric Tillman wide receiver from Tennessee and where he might land in the 2023 NFL draft. Uh, I actually texted somebody a couple of days ago asking, Hey, where, where do you see Tillman? Like, cause me being as dumb as I am, I said, like, what, fourth, fifth round? And he said, you can write it in pen that he goes in round two. And I was like, what? So what? apparently he is a lock to go in round two. To Somebody that would know believes he's going in round two. So, okay, with that said, where would you like to see him land? I am shocked, first of all, Marcus. I am I am truly shocked uh, by this yes. this revelation here. Um, how about Chicago at fifty four? If we're going to peg him, like I mean, sure, we've talked about <laughs> Chicago a million times, and it seems like every wide receiver is getting drafted to Chicago. But it, most of the wide receivers that we've been talking about that are being mocked to Chicago feel like Darnell Mooney types. I do feel like. Um, I don't really think that Cedric Tillman is the answer for their wide receiver needs, but if we're, you know, just considering a bigger bodied type wide receiver that, that might uh, provide, you know, contested catch opportunities for Justin Fields, if we're going to invest in that development, maybe. Um, I, don't Jets, love, I don't love 34? it. I don't lie. I mean, Cleveland? I, like, uh, I don't know. All right. How about Tampa, right? I mean, I wonder if how much longer Mike Evans is going to be in Tampa. Chris Goblin's a slot receiver. They really don't have anything else. I mean, they Cedric kind Tillman of is not Mike Evans. No, he's not. But could he play on the outside and block a little bit and do some of the dirty work? I, I it could just see feels that. like a wasted pick, Marcus. Like, they have so many holes in that <sighs> roster 
Like Cedric Tillman is not a foundational wide receiver. He is not a franchise changing wide receiver like Jamar Chase is. Like, so investing one of the, it feels unhinged to me. Um, How would you feel about him to the New York Giants? 58. See, that feels like a spot where I can kind of get behind it, right? Like, I get more on board with that. Yeah, and it, it I don't think it moves the needle a lot for the Giants on offense, but it does give them somebody who has some size that can play on the outside a little bit. Wondell Robinson is obviously going to play in the slot. I I think that makes a lot of sense, but if you're a Giants fan, I don't think Cedric Tillman in the second round moves the needle at all. Here's the thing, Marcus. I don't think any franchise That's my issue. in the second yeah. round is going to look at Cedric Tillman yeah. and – have a you know a a franchise changing asset that's that's my issue with him potentially going in the second round is that i i don't know that he's going to move the needle enough for anybody to justify that draft capital especially when there are so many receivers in a very similar tier that i think can be drafted later on maybe kansas city 64 um maybe where he doesn't have to be wide receiver one. Um, I, I, and- I, I would also mention the Raiders, uh, not at not with their first, second round pick, which I, I think pick 38, 39, but like pick 70, 71. Mac Hollins is a free agent. If they just want to get somebody that's, you know, can kind of do the blocking role and can be a red zone threat. I could see that making some sense, but again, even that at 71, I feel like is high. It feels high. Um, I, I second round, like I can't buy into that and whatever team bites the bullet in the second round, I'm going to, yep. I'm not going to love it. Have, no, I'm not going to love it, but Hey, this is what makes the NFL draft so special. Anything can happen. Yes. But and, and I hope for Tillman's sake, he just goes out and destroys the combine and he makes us eat our words. He runs a four, four, Oh, when he has a 39 and a half inch vertical, like, all of a sudden we're talking about him in a different light because he's just a supreme athlete. So I would love to be wrong here. Love to be wrong. Absolutely. Uh, lots to learn in the next yes. couple of days. Can't wait. All right. Thank you for making Lockdown Dynasty your first listen every day. Kate, you and I are going to be back on Monday. Talk a little bit about some of the stuff that happened at the NFL Combine. Also going to talk about Marvin Mims, wide receiver from Oklahoma. Really excited about that one. Now make your second listen to the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Damian Parsons and Keith Sanchez provide in-depth coverage of the biggest NFL draft prospects with deep dives into sleepers and hidden gems that can change your favorite NFL franchise forever. Find Locked On NFL Draft wherever you get your podcasts in on YouTube, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Go follow Kate on Twitter at Kate Magic. I am at Marcus underscore Mosher. Enjoy the rest of the combine, and we'll see you guys right back here next week.